All right, well, come on, church. Hey, this is Jason. And I'm Missy. And this is the Come On Church podcast. I believe this is episode, what, six? Let's see. We have to count every time. We did... It is episode six. I'm telling you, it's episode six. You don't have to count every time. Okay. Um, It's episode six, and uh, I am shocked. I know I say it every time, but I'm shocked that we've done this many episodes so far. And that, Me too. And that people keep I'm listening. I'm shocked that we have that many ideas. I'm shocked that we have that many ideas. I'm shocked that people keep listening to us just sitting in a car or sitting in a hammock or sitting in, on the bed talking into a phone. Um, I'm shocked that y'all. people are... We love y'all. We appreciate uh, the people that do listen. Um, you know who you are. Um, so... Let me tell you this, though. You can listen, but you don't got to tell me you're listening. Like, don't... When we when we see each other out and about, don't discuss it with me. I I I can do this and be fine. But like the minute someone brings it up, I'm like I, I feel very awkward. Please I don't talk to me about listening to my voice. I am kind of the opposite way. Um, I I I love it when people see me in public and they're like, "Hey, man, like." Uh, I'm listening to your podcast or I listened to, to this past week's episode like good job what I don't like is when people listen to it and then they try to give me uh, feedback like negative like not negative feedback but like quote unquote constructive criticism don't like that just let me do my own thing uh, but I do like it um, I am going to call somebody out uh, Noah I really appreciate it when you tell me that you listen to the podcast we love you Noah we love you Noah and Aaron uh, if Aaron's listening too but, and the uh, baby and Piper, yeah. Let's just shout out Piper too. She she doesn't understand a word we're saying, but we'll just shout she's out. Probably asleep for half of it. She's probably asleep for half of it uh, or something, but um, but yeah, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for being um, for being supporters of, of us and really of us, period. But then also of, of the podcast and, and anything that that we do. So uh, we love y'all. Um, if you want to if you want to shout out on the podcast, uh, all you got to do is ask. <laughs> if anybody else wants one, all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is tell Jason every week how great it is. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a fun topic this week. Uh, we've we've kind of done a bit of a, a couple of heavy topics uh, recently, so um, we're going to do a fun topic this week. But before we get into that, as always, as always, uh, we're just going to talk about our weeks. So, Missy, how is how is your week been? My week has been fantabulous. Fantabulous. Um, I started off my week in Georgia. In Georgia. Oh, that's right. Because Fourth uh, of July. What? That's also. Um, we do apologize that we missed last week. Uh, it was because of the holiday. We were out of town. Uh, we normally release the podcast on Sunday, but as you guys know, if you're listening, uh, last Sunday was the Fourth of July here in America. Um, I do have to say that because we have international listeners. Uh, we have, like, people from Belgium that listen, or have at least listened once. Um, that's what my analytics tell me. Uh, so, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to speak Belgian, um, but if you, if you guys understand English in, in, in Belgium, uh, thank you for listening. Anyway, um, Sunday was the start of the week, I guess. Um, so, that would be uh, 4th of July. So, yeah, you did start out your week in, in Georgia. Georgia. Uh, uh, Georgia in the United States. Not the country of Georgia, again, for our international listeners. Uh, is there a country of Georgia? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the southern Georgia. Yeah, in the southern United States. Um, 
week there, celebrated with my family. Yep. Uh, watched some fireworks. Yeah. Got upset that Robert E. Lee didn't come off the mountain. But that was yeah, okay. That was true. fine. That was that's fine. Um, and then came back and got back to the real world and have just been doing that ever since. My birthday is in a little less than a month. No. A little over a month. A little over a month. That's cool. How old will you be turning? You don't have to tell us. Well, I'll answer your question with another question. What's funnier than 24? Ah. Ah. I won't answer that. Uh, but if you know, if you get the reference, you know. Um, well, that's good. Anything going on in... I feel like we haven't been to church in a month of Sundays. Uh, pun intended. Um, but what's going on in, in your church life? Anything anything in my, new? In my church life? No. Not really. We did have, last Wednesday, we had, um, well, actually, the, this this past Wednesday, we're, we're recording on a Thursday, so this past Wednesday, we didn't have uh, any midweek events uh, because of summer and also because of the holiday, but last Wednesday, uh, we our church did dinner groups. Yes. Um, so... Basically, during the summer... Shout out um, to the Gilbreths. Shout out to, to Jason and Rachel um, and, and everybody that we went to. Uh, everybody that we went so you don't to. even have to ask to have a shout out. Yeah, I know. They, they don't even have to ask. I don't even, I don't even know if they listen, but if they do, um, shout out to them. Uh, thank you all for, for hosting. Um, dinner was amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, our, our current church that we're at... Um, they do every summer they do uh dinner groups which is basically um you sign up uh for a small group and in june or july uh this 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 year it was in june but in june or july uh, during the summer of every year um you sign up and the kids and student staff watch your kids um and you go out to dinner with your peers and you just kind of have a good time so Uh, just kind of building community and maybe meeting people that serve in another area of the church that you wouldn't necessarily run into on a Sunday morning. Um, So my week uh, is kind of the same as Missy's. Um, I also started out my week in Georgia. Um, Shall we tell them where we were? Well, you already said something about Robert E. Lee. so uh, anywhere in the South. We went, that's true. We went to Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, if you've never been, uh, it is a state park, I believe. Um, yeah, it's classified as a state park. Um, it is a state park. Um, it's it's basically the reason they call it Stone Mountain is because it literally is a giant stone mountain. Is that just a boulder? Um, do what? Is it not just a boulder? It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. Um, but it's, a, it's literally a giant stone mountain. That's what my family called it. I don't know if you noticed that, but as we were driving up to it, my dad kept going, there's the rock! Yep. Uh, not Dwayne Johnson. Uh, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But uh, it's, it's just a big stone hill, mountain, if you will, um, that is what? Like over 1,600 feet above sea level? Mm-hmm. Um, and then carved into the side of it are Confederate war heroes. Carved into the side of it six no, 40 feet. 40 feet in. Oh, but it's like six the, feet tall. The, 
the carving. Yep. No, the horse's mouth is six. The feet horse's high. mouth is six. Like, so basically, carved into the side of it, forty feet into the side of this mountain, are uh, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson. Um, three Confederate war generals. Uh, so it's a monument to uh, to Robert E. Lee and, and all that, um, which we'll get into in another episode yeah, maybe episode, um, but basically uh, so, so it's a monument to that and uh, every year during 4th of July they have a, a fireworks show and a big laser show and um, at one point in the laser show like they make it to where Robert E. Lee like comes off the mountain and rides his horse Jason doesn't to, know because he's actually never seen it um, often yeah I've never seen it they didn't do it this year um, probably for obvious reasons but but it's a cool experience um, but Missy says it's a cool experience uh, My you, favorite you get to take a sky tram to the top of the mountain um, it, it's just really cool. So we start, I started out my week doing that. Um, got back, had had a day off because uh, we got back uh, late late Monday night. Um, so I had uh, Tuesday off. Um, Missy had to work Tuesday night, but uh, but we got to sleep in most of the day on Tuesday, um, and then went back to work. And I've been working the past few days, um, and then. Looking forward to this coming Sunday for church. Um, but that's been my week. So without further ado, let's jump into the topic. Um, the topic this week is our favorite Bible stories and why. Um, again, uh, just a fun topic, just something to talk about. Um, so Missy, why don't, why don't you start with your favorite Bible story? Um, and then I think we'll go also I from that to... I think you should start, to, because I always You think start. I should start? Yes, I um, always start. Okay, uh, maybe I will start. Can I eat while you're starting? You can eat. Um, do you... We have a sandwich here. Um, Missy's been at work all day, and I bought her a sandwich, so she's eating. But uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about our favorite Bible stories, um, or stories from the Bible. Um, and then maybe also talk about our, cause so, so I'm, I'm kind of weird in a way, um, where I have a favorite Bible story, but then I also have a favorite book of the Bible and the Bible story is not in the same book. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so my favorite Bible story, I believe it comes out of Judges 4 and I'll pull it up. Um, I'm not driving, so I can pull it up. I'm driving. Um, Missy's driving. Um, struggling to take this tomato and, off of and also sandwich. eating and she's trying to take a tomato off of her sandwich because uh, I got her a sandwich with tomato on it and she doesn't like tomatoes and I didn't know that being her husband so I guess I'll be in the doghouse tonight um, but anyway it is in uh, the book of Judges chapter 4 um, you guys probably know where I'm going with this um, but it is sorry guys Actually, I believe it is in, I believe it is in Judges 5. Um, nope, that's not it. It is in the book of Judges. I, I, uh, He doesn't know where it's at! <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know where it's at. Um, but it is, it is in, I'm trying to find it so I can read it. I know that it's in, I think it's Judges like 4 through 7. Um, but it is the story of Gideon. Um, I believe it does start in in chapter 5. Um, so Judges 5. Um, it's after the Song of Deborah. Um, 
Sorry, guys. It is in Judges 6. I am so confused. Uh, I, I read a different translation than a lot of people do. Um, there it is. All right. So it is in Judges 6, uh, starting in verse 11. Um, and it is the story of Gideon. Um, just kind of to do an overview. Um, Gideon was a messenger of the Lord. Um, now, Israel was at war with the Midianites. Um, and, and Gideon was basically a messenger of the Lord uh, living in the land of the land that Israel occupied. I believe uh, at this time it was Gaza, um, which, uh, on a side note, uh, I'm sure a lot of people do know about the wars going on with Israel and Palestine and fighting over the Gaza Strip and territory there. Uh, so please keep Israel in your prayers. Um, obviously, us Christians believe that Israel is God's chosen people. Um, so just please keep Israel in your prayers. Also keep the citizens of Palestine in your prayers just um, just based off of just the violence there. Um, and Palestine also... Um, some of those people are are God chosen people. People that come out of Palestine might might be great warriors for the kingdom someday. So just keep that entire situation in your prayers. Pray over Israel. Pray over the nation of Israel and and their army and, and everything going on there. Anyway, um, we'll start reading. It says, "Then the Lord's messenger came and sat under the oak at Oprah, Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Abezrite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites." Um, so basically, just like with any other war um, over territory, there are there are reasons that people want that territory. So the Midianites wanted this territory because um, there was wheat. There was basically a bunch of uh, exports, mind you. Um, and so Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites, um, so that they couldn't they didn't know that he was threshing it. Um, and obviously, a wine press is where you would smash grapes to, to make them into wine. Um, threshing wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. The Lord's messenger appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Gideon replied to him, With all due respect, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his amazing works that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Didn't the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and allowed Midian to overpower us. Then the Lord turned to him and said, You have strength, so go and rescue Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not personally sending to you? But again Gideon said, With all due respect, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my household. The Lord replied, Because I'm with you, you will defeat the Midianites as if they were just one person. So, there's there's a couple things that happen. Um, Gideon asks for a sign. The Lord sends him a sign. Um, so then we jump into verse... Then we jump into chapter 7. Um, where they have the battle with Midian. Um, and it starts in verse 1. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people with him rose early and set up camp beside the Herod Spring. Midian's camp was, was north of theirs in the valley by the Morah Hill. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many people on your side. If I were to hand Midian over to them, the Israelites might claim credit for themselves rather than for me, thinking, We saved ourselves. So, announce the people's hearing, Anyone who is afraid or unsteady may return home. At this, 22,000 people went home and 10,000 were left. The Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many people. Take them down to the water and I will weed them out for you there. 
whenever I tell you this one will go with you, he should go with you. But whenever I tell you this one won't go with you, he should not go. So he took the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Set aside those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who bend down on their knees to drink. The number of men who lapped was 300, and all the rest of the people bent down on their knees to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, The 300 men who lapped, I will rescue. With, with the 300 men who lapped, I will rescue you and hand over the Midianites to surrender to you. Let everyone else go home. So the people gathered their supplies. So the people gathered their supplies and trumpets, and Gideon sent all the Israelites home, but kept 300. We jump ahead. Um, Just when Gideon arrived, there was a man telling his friend about a dream. He said, get this. I had a dream that a loaf of barley bread was rolling into the Midianite camp. It came to a tent and hit it, and the tent collapsed. In fact, it rolled the tent over upside down so it fell flat. His friend replied, Can this be anything other than the sword of the Israelite Gideon, Joash's son? God has handed over Midian and his entire camp to him. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its meaning, he worshipped. Then he returned to Israelite camp and said, Get up. The Lord has handed over the Midianite camp to you. He divided 300 men into three units and equipped every man with a trumpet and an empty jar with a torch inside each jar. Now watch me, he ordered them, and do what I do. When I get to the outpost of the camp, when I blow the trumpet along with all who are with me, then you blow the trumpets, all of you surrounding the whole camp, and then shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and 100 of his men moved to the outpost of the camp at the middle of the watch of the night when they had just changed the guards. They blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. The 300 units blew their trumpets and broke their jars, holding their torches with their left hands, and they called out, A sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. Each man stood fast around the camp, and the entire camp took off running, shouting, and fleeing. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord turned the swords of fellow soldiers against each other throughout their whole camp. The camp fled as far as Beth Shittah towards Zerera, to the border of Abel Mahola beside Sabath. Anyway, we jump ahead. The Israelites defeated the Midianites with 300 people. Um, Now, the reason I like this story is because, one, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Uh, and the reason I like that is because Gideon, at the time that this was told to him, was threshing wheat in a wine press to hide it from the Midianites. So he was timid. He was well, afraid that's, already. That's what I was about to say. It's Gideon, any message I've heard about Gideon, one thing that is always pointed out is that Gideon was not a warrior at all. Exactly. So he was, so that that's where I, that's, that's where I'm going with it is like, Gideon was not a warrior. He was he was already timid. He was already afraid to the point where he was hiding in a wine press to... We hit a lightning bug on the way home, so now there's glowing lightning bug guts on my windshield. Um, anyway, he was he was afraid. He was timid he, to the point where he was hiding what he was doing from the Midianites so as not to be captured. On top of that, when the angel said to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, he, he replied... I'm the youngest in my family, and my tribe is the weakest in all of, in all of the land. So he was already doubting himself. And so the reason I like that part of the story is because before he defeated the Midianites, before he, he knew his purpose, the Lord had already car- called it out in him and told him that he was going to be a mighty warrior and told him that he was going to be a conqueror and a deliverer before, before it even happened. Um, and the, the story is literally just all about faith for real. I also um, think it's unique. One thing that I like about the story of Gideon is again, he the first word first words God says to him is greetings mighty warrior. And 
I think, based off of what we just said about Gideon, I think that that is one of the greatest examples that often gets overlooked of God speaking something into existence. Exactly. That isn't, that even we don't believe and we don't see ourselves, but he sees it. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I like that part. I like the part, I like the point that, that the entire book is about faith. Um, the entire book is about once Gideon knew that he was called to be a warrior, it was just about listening to the voice of God. Um, it was about trusting God. Like, I mean, could you think of today if a country went to war with 300 people against an army of thousands, hundreds of thousands? And defeated them. And that's the thing is he didn't even defeat them with any weapons. He defeated them with jars of clay and trumpets. Yeah. Um, and when the trumpets blew, the, the, the Midianites turned on each other. Um, and it was just listening to the voice of God and listening to his commands and doing what God told them to do. Um, and I think we can all learn from that. Like, just don't be timid. Like, when, when God speaks to you, listen. And I know that's easier said than done. But, like, when God speaks to you, when God tells you to do something, like, listen, and it's going to work out, and it's going to, it's going to, you might be surprised, you know? Um, and I think that's a recurring thing in the Old Testament, and in the Bible, really, is, like, we see it in my, my favorite book of the Bible. We see it when, when God calls Moses to, to deliver his people into the promised land, to lead his people into the promised land, and Moses is like, one, I'm a murderer, so I'm not qualified at all. Um, two, like, I have a stutter, so how are people going to listen to... How do you expect people to listen to me? And God, every time that he doubted himself, said, well, one, like, you don't have to worry about who you are because I am is with you. Um, you don't have to worry about having a stutter because I'll use your brother as your mouthpiece. You know? Um... And so I think it's just a recurring thing that, like, God doesn't... You hear you hear the old cliche and the old adage of, well, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Or God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the unequipable or, or whatever, right? Um, and it sound, it's a cheesy thing for Christians to say, but, like, it's true. Like, God, God doesn't use, like... I mean, he does, but, like, God specializes and uses the people that think that they're useless, well, I think you even see that in the story of Sarah and um, her being able to become pregnant at an old age. <clears throat> you know, going even further back to before Gideon, before Joshua, before Moses. You know, Sarah laughed um, at God when he said that she would become pregnant. And um, I really, that's not, I don't think that's my favorite story, but I do enjoy that story. And part of the reason is, is because... God's response to her is, why do you laugh? And I can, I I always read it, I don't know if everybody reads it this way, but I always read it as, like, God chuckling himself as he asks the question. Yeah. And the reason for that is because, again, God, God knows everything. He knows the past, the present, and the future, and he knows all of it at, at, at every moment. Yeah. And so he, he knew what Sarah's response was going to be, but he also knew this baby boy that he was going to, you know, bless her with. Yeah. And, and, and the baby boy turned out to be like, not only did Abraham turn out to be the father of many nations, right. Isaac turned out to be 
but I, I the father of, of I, multiple nations and, and, and ended up you know Isaac ended up being a high priest and yeah. ended up you know being Samuel's what God uh, a stepfather Godfather yeah but um, I think that there's and Samuel a level. ended up being a being a leader and so it's like it's like Sarah laughed about but I was just saying that that's like that's an example of like God using someone that thought that there was nothing left for them yeah like, absolutely and and through Sarah and through the obedience there as I was just saying like multiple generations came to be right rescued right you know and came to serve God after that um I mean in that moment God even, even down to 2021 in America yeah well and know? in that moment God even saw how Isaac was going to be part of Jesus's planning exactly you know exactly um and, 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 you know, out from Isaac came Jacob, and from Jacob came Esau, and, fr- and, and from, from Jacob came Israel, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and now now you have Israel as God's chosen people. Um, and from Israel came Jesus, you know. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I, 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 I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that that's a, a good uh, analogy and a good way to take that story also uh, I think even going that, off of that I don't think God is angry when we doubt ourselves again I think yeah, he's kind absolutely. of he's kind of humored think, yeah. he's kind of humored by it and not in like a judgmental like condescending way but in like a but it's kind of like a oh watch this yeah kind of yeah thing. he um, loves to he loves to prove himself yeah um just like and, and I think I think doubt is a human emotion Yes. But also I think that like God's pride in us is also a human emotion and it's God being it's God being human and wanting to show his power through us. Yeah. Um, so is that the story that you wanted to no. go with with Sarah or No. Do you um, have another one? Again, not my favorite story. I don't really like the character of Sarah or Sarah as a person, I guess. Um, that sounds bad, but she irritates me sometimes when I'm reading Genesis because her and Abraham stumble a lot more than they teach you in Sunday school, and it's like, bro, why are you doing this? Um, but we all stumble, and it's all part of it, but I just... That's that's my only favorite part of the Abraham and Sarah story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I am basic. I'm extremely basic. Um, and my favorite story is probably the birth of Jesus. Um, but I don't like it. This sounds bad. I don't like it just because it's the birth of Jesus. Um, I'm not that basic. I, I like the birth of Jesus as told by Luke in the Gospels. And the reason for that is because I like the detail he puts into um, describing Mary during that time. Um, we don't, we don't hear... Mary, Mary being the mother of Jesus. Yes. Um, we don't hear a lot about Mary at all through the four Gospels. We know that she was a virgin. We know that she was pledged to be wed to Joseph. Um, we know that God chose her to carry the Messiah and to raise him. Um, we know that she was an outcast because of that. Um. We know that she, you know, we know all of that. And then 
she was there at the time of Jesus' death. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only thing that all four Gospels tells us. Yeah. Um, but Luke, out of all four of them, goes into a, a little more detail about Mary being pregnant and, and kind of um, the time of being one of God's chosen. And one of my favorite verses from Luke is in chapter, I believe it's in chapter 1, but um, it's very short, and it just says, and Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. And I like that because I like to think of myself as a ponderer. Um, I like to think, I can be very rash, but I like to think, nine times out of ten, I like to sit and think about things and kind of mule it over and meditate on it. And I like to kind of chew it up, you know? Um, and so I like the idea of like Mary, um, Mary, to me, Mary pondering on it, pondering on it was her kind of praising God and rejoicing. And, and really we see Mary from the beginning kind of go, okay, God have your way. Yeah. And. I think that was her saying that over and over again. And also, I think she, I think even from the beginning, Well, she even said, she was like, I... I, I'm your faithful servant. Yeah, she said, she said, I I am but God's faithful servant. And, And that's another reason I really enjoy her story and the birth of Jesus is because, um... What one thing that I always think about whenever I read it is like, what kind of faith does it take to to be told something so life changing? Like, you have to realize during that time, she had to have known the minute the words left the angel's mouth what that was going to mean for her publicly and with her relationship. And also, like another reason that I like the idea that she pondered it is because like. Mary comes from a people. She comes from Israel who had heard for years and years of the Messiah coming and rescuing their, their rescuing them. And so she has to wonder like, what does that mean for me as someone who's going to birth the Messiah? You know? And so what kind of faith does it take to wonder all that and doubt that and question that and be scared by it, but still go, you know what, God, you told me this is going to happen, so I'm going to do it because I'm going to serve you. Yeah. And I'm going to give everything else up. Like, no matter what happens, I'm going to, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And I think, I think it says a lot of her just, again, giving up and, and giving up her own ideas, her own, not morals, but her own, her own ideas, her own preconceived notions and, and how people would see her. I mean, it, you know, it says a lot about her faith. Yeah, and it says a lot about just like I don't care how people are going to see me. I know in my heart of hearts that that this is that like I mean, if you really think about it, like Mary had like Mary knew Jesus, like yeah, knew Jesus. She had the privilege of being right. his his birth mother, right. And carrying him for nine months. I've heard it. um, I've heard it. And, like, I think that even though she's only mentioned... um, I think even though she's only mentioned, um, you know, two times in all four Gospels, I think that the other thing that's that's really cool about her is... um, 
she, she, uh, like, what kind of faith must it have been to let your son, because at the end of the day, that's what Jesus was, was he was her son. As you were just saying, she carried him in her womb for nine months. I'm not a mom. I don't know what that's like. I, my sister is a mom and I've seen her attachment to her own child. I know my attachment to my own mother. I know mothers around me that talk about how different it is and what that relationship is like. And so like to carry this human being that's also God in your womb for nine months and then raise it, you know, teach it right, teach him right from wrong and, um, how and watch him learn how to be a carpenter and watch him learn how to say the prayers and watch him grow up going to um you know the temple and all of that and then only for only to 30 years down the line 32 years down the line have him get up on a tree and die for for what she didn't know at the time was but was for the world's sins but in her eyes, really, was just for false accusations. And because yeah. he was spreading the gospel and causing a ruckus among the Pharisees. And, you know, but she she didn't, she didn't make a, that we know of, she didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. So what faith it must be to have this life with this child, only to watch him die before you even do. And in the worst way possible. And just kind of just stand by and, and, and just trust, you know? Um, so I just, it's another just great story to me of faith. And, uh, and I think that she is definitely my hero for that reason. Um, or one of my heroes for that reason. Yeah. Um, and I think again, just like the story of, of Gideon, um, I think that, that it's just a, what we can grab from that is just, it's a perfect display of faith, but with Mary, it's like the ultimate display of faith. Not only is a faith to give up her own way of how of how people would perceive her as, you know, a virgin carrying a child, mm. um, but also, as you just said, the ultimate test of faith of this child that she has raised for, what, 33 years? Yeah, something like that. 32, um, 33. 32, 33 years, you know, that she, again, like personally like probably knew him better than anybody else right you know and and to well, raise him only his for knee, his she was the one who exactly wiped away his tears exactly and know? and that that also brings up a good parallel of like she was there to wipe all of his to to wipe his tears to clean his his boo-boos for lack of a better term mm-hmm. you know and then to see him bleeding and dying and gasping on a cross and know that she couldn't do anything right you know and so as his mother, like, as the person who always dried his tears, she can't dry his tears. Right. At that point. And so, I think it says a lot about her heart and her and her faith and knowing that that was going to happen at one point. And I also think it says a lot. I think another reason I like it so much. And her patience, too. And a writ, and overall, I think it's, I, and I think if you look deeper, it says a lot about her personal, intimate relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that you know, God definitely knew what he was doing when he chose her because I don't think any other woman during that time would have been like, cool, like, I'm running the risk of being an outcast. I'm running the risk of being stoned to death. I'm running the risk of 
not um, not getting to be married to this man that I love. You know, I'm running all of these risks. No, any other woman would have pitched a fit. Yeah. You know, and yeah. would have said, you're not going to come in here and, and mess up my life like this. But God knew Mary's heart. And so what does that say about Mary that God knew her heart so well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that he knew she'd be the right person to choose. And what does that say about their relationship and how she prayed and how she read um, her passages and how she lived her life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think I think based off of both of our, our stories and based off of both of our... Um, based off of both of our... Um, Our, our analogies and our our parallels that we drew um i guess just just the thing the topic that we wanted to talk about was or that we both kind of talked about was just radical faith um and what it looks like just to have radical faith in the face of adversity and the face of um and the face of just again how people are going to perceive you um all kinds of other stuff so um, those are our Bible stories. Those are our favorite Bible stories. Um, thanks for listening again. Uh, tune in next week when we talk about another topic. Oh, I only... What, I what, what uh, it will be, who only knows. Yeah, who only knows. Um, so yeah, we love y'all. Um, praying for y'all. Again, continue to pray for Israel. Continue to pray for America too. Um, And if you have any prayer requests, DM us on Instagram or text us if you have our number. And uh, we'll be happy to pray for you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.